Today's very special episode of the BS Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by ZipRecruiter. What if a point guard made 80% of his threes? What if Jalen Rose got 80% of his predictions right on NBA Countdown? <laughs> Never. What are you at now? Like 20? Like 13%. 13. <laughs> well, now when you're hiring, you can play at that level because 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Their powerful technology learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, invites them to apply to your job. How many people do you have working for you? Couple. If if anybody out there wants to Google and or YouTube when we talk about players and their entourages, before you walk across the stage and shake Adam Silver's hand, you probably have 13 employees. But you don't have 13. I know I probably have maybe 50. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> uh, well, ZipRecruiter scouts talent for you. You Maybe know what you an employee is, right? Yeah. A person that relies on you to eat. Right. Well, that's what ZipRecruiter does. My listeners can try it for free at <laughs> ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire as well as the presenting sponsor of this podcast. We're also brought to you by the Rewatchables. That's our podcast where we break down movies. We might have to drag you on Rewatchables at some point. What's your favorite movie? Friday? I've been sleeping on the movies lately. Yeah, you're you're stuck in the eighties and nineties. I am. Yeah. Definitely. Well, we did Goodwill Hunting. Friday me, ranks. Me, Sean Fantasy, Chris Ryan, Shay Serrano. Broke it down for hundred and three minutes. It's fantastic. Check it out. Subscribe to that podcast on Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. We're also brought to you by Jalen and Jacoby. Wow. One of the Grantland babies. How about that? It's now like a full full grown man. Do you feel I remember old when it was when a Grantland fetus? Father? You think, I think you're the only two that does that. <laughs> it's a good nickname, though. It's like your kids are the only people that call you dad. So it started out on the Grantland uh, YouTube network as the Jalen Rose Show. Yes, indeed. With co-host Dave Jacoby. Yep. We had to teach him for a solid year how to sit up straight on camera. <laughs> Remember, he was all bent He's over. slouching. Had to Dave get his body slouching. language in order. We got his body language in. We changed the name to Jalen and Jacoby. It became... A little bit of a YouTube phenomenon, it as did. well as a podcast. Remember, it was Absolutely. getting like a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand. No doubt, ESPN decided to give it a show. Yes, it was at really weird time slots, and now it's on a good time slot. I know, and two p.m. No question, and ultimate hat tip and salute to you for believing in wow. us. That was you guys. No, it was you because for those that don't know, I'm going to tell the story. You were enjoying yourself at the ESPYs, just chilling, rooftop W Hotel. Wait, hold on. We got to talk about this because I'm not sure this was the story. <laughs> Your version of the story is, is that I'm not sure it's the right version. Uh, let's bring in Pearl Jam then. My old friend, my family member, Jalen Rose coming up. All right, so listen, my brain doesn't work 100% of the time. Here's what I remember. Okay. First of all, we met at some point during the Fab Five documentary, which was not a 30 for 30, but is now considered a 30 for 30. It was during the stretch between volume one and volume two when the powers that be had decided to call documentaries ESPN, ESPN Films Presents instead of 30 for 30. And we had to spend almost two years fighting with them to get them to change it back to 30 for 30 because everyone's calling it a 30 for 30. You did this and everyone's like, that was a great 30 for 30. And it wasn't a 30 for Correct. 30. Correct. But it actually was. And now we consider it part of the 30 for 30 family. So we met, I think we did a podcast. 
I'm going to say 2010. That sounds about right. And I remember you came on, you were super honest and I really liked talking to you. And I was like, that went great. I love that guy. And one of the things I remember and I appreciate it is that you had a quote that I used that you really liked. And it was the one when I talked about traveling on the road in particular to Detroit. And when I said the only thing that's open in Detroit after 2 a.m. is jails, hospitals, and legs. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and, 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 and from then on, um, everything just skyrocketed. So the what Fab you Five about. comes out, and I think pound for pound, that was the most successful of all the documentaries I've ever been involved with from the sheer standpoint of eyeballs. They have shown that thing so many times. Yes. They have, we, when we did 30 for 30 and we were creating it and innovating it, the whole thing, we never imagined people would rewatch them like they did. We knew they would work. Never thought like the seven showing would get a rating. Your thing, they've shown for seven, eight straight years. And it's like if a playoff series ends early and they have two hours to fill on ESPN, they're just, oh, we'll just throw the Fab Five in there and they'll run it again. And how about this for, you know how this works when you're trying to, shatter so many glass ceilings and and do so many things in this industry. Just think about this for a second. I have an entertainment company, three tier yeah, that you believed in. Connor shell believed in allowed me the opportunity to actually produce that documentary. It was the first time that the company was worked with Aaron Cohen. Yeah. Who's done a million of these now. Jason air who I just did Andre the giant with who's, who's absolutely incredibly talented. DJ premier. Yep. These are all people that I brought in to work with the project and I've seen them go and participate in 50 other projects and I never got a chance to produce a second documentary. Well, and the funny thing is, remember we wanted to do <laughs> we wanted to do Tommy Hearns for like a year. Correct. We had Tommy Hearns. That was going to be my second opportunity to do so a documentary. This is like 2013. Yes, indeed. And tell them who's going to direct it. Correct. Small World Theory. Um Ezra. Ezra Edelman, who went on to now work with the ESPN, produced the OJ documentary that's been highly acclaimed. So Ezra... How about that? Ezra's going to be the Tommy Hearns director. Yes. And it falls through for a couple reasons that we don't need to mention. Nothing to do with Ezra, more with, with Tommy and the people around him. Correct. And, and we just, can't get it done. Yep, just not being... We as, should, by the way, we should mention, that was like one of my top... 10 dream documentaries because I always felt like Tommy Hearns was like he's he's in all these different sports movies basically but he's the other team that loses in the end yes and he's just passing through all these apexes of these other guys plus the Detroit thing it was like the perfect one for you to do and Emmanuel was still living at the time and he was yeah, gonna and be once he died it became tougher but yes indeed so we we're gonna have Ezra do that how about that and that would have been off the hook so it falls through, and it's like, oh, and hey, can you write a treatment for OJ? And then he wins an Oscar. They, I, I feel like you're responsible. How about this? you? Should have got you. Should he should thank you? Uh, he do, he but, does. He. I remember being on the phone with him while he was still with HBO. Right after he did the Bird and Matt, uh, the Bird and Magic which was documentary, excellent. and I was a fan of that just like everybody else was. And so that's what made me want to work with him. Yeah, and. As it's a good what if. No question. But yeah, you should have done a second one. I think that would have been the perfect one. It's too bad. But, so 2011, 
we formed Grantland. I'm in this little weird LA live office and you come in and I forget you reached out to me or something, but you want to do a podcast. I saw you at the ESPYs party. Maybe that's how it started. You saw me. So both of our versions are right. <laughs> we saw each other at the ESPYs, but there there were drinks. It was the of 2011 ESPYs. Well, I actually stalked you in a, in a good way. I don't remember this part. I know you don't because you were being stalked. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> of course you don't remember. Montrez Harrell didn't know that the girl was posting pictures of her trip to come <laughs> be an import. Right, right. It just happened that way. You were a bug on the windshield. I, I needed to make this happen. And so I was on the rooftop and everybody was champagning and campaigning. And I love. Oh, is that at the W? Yes. Okay. And I love the fact that you were creating Grantland, a subsidiary for ESPN. Yeah. And in doing some research, initially getting hired by ESPN, like my first four or five years. I was frustrated because I was only being used as a basketball analyst. You were a college guy. And for just, we don't have to go through the whole background, but the thing I loved about you as an NBA player was well before your career's over and you're making like 18 million a year or whatever you're making, you knew you wanted to do media and you're doing everything. You're doing best damn sports show and all these different hits, just getting reps. Working with TNT. Right. Which, by the way, nobody does anymore. People, they retire and they go, all right, put me on your biggest show. <laughs> and it's a mistake. Like, you you got seven years of reps before you even Correct. had a high spotlight. This was my, what, 15th or 16th straight year covering the finals for television. Right. I started doing it for BT Mad Sports <laughs> when it was... Lakers and New Jersey Nets. How is that not on YouTube? The mad, some of the mad sports should be on YouTube. I remember doing Todd sideline for TNT when Coach Collins was calling the game. Yeah. When my guy Nick Van Exel threw the towel at me. Oh. And so I was doing all of that level of media. And, and, you, then, and you would hit a point where you were like, all right, I'm, re I'm ready to make a jump. And then it's 2007, I signed with ESPN. And at the time, I was basically being used to do NBA Tonight and or Coast to Coast. And those are primary basketball shows. That was the only subject I got to express myself about, really. I wasn't being used for the magazine. I wasn't being used in any other way. And so when I saw that you were creating Grantland, I was like, that's a possible outlet. Would you? How would you compare it? Compare and contrast to you recruiting Chris Webber to be in the Fab Five. Yeah, so... I, I approached you about it. Did you did Chris Weber sign with Michigan before you or after you? I signed last. That's why I wore number five. So you didn't recruit him. In theory, but I thought you guys all rigged that. So here's I think you rigged it, and then you kept your options open till the very end. No, a couple of things happened. First off, I'm the guy. I'm not signing to everybody else. Sign right. Smart. That that's just how it's going down. By the my, way, Paul George, word is bond. Paul George, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> my my word is bond. And so, initially at the McDonald's game, we were all trying to figure out a way to play with one another, and we rigged it so we could share um, rooms connected th via bathroom. Yeah. And so we were up at the McDonald's game talking about it, but the springboard really happened for Chris and I in eighth ninth grade when we were at Ed Martin's house. Yeah. Talking about. Yes, we didn't go to high school together, but we're going to find a way to go to college together. And you said to him, I don't care that you're going to Country Day. I'm still going to be friends with you. Yeah, pretty much. None of my friends think you're cool because you're at Country Day. <laughs> <laughs> you have no street cred at all, but I can help you. I'll give you street cred. And you can so, hang out with me. And so in introducing him to Ed Martin, 
um, that propelled that relationship too. And so, so our Ed Martin was basically John Skipper, I guess. Correct. Well Maybe. said. Yeah. Well said. Hmm. I'll just leave that hanging. And um, so, so 2011, you come, you want to get involved with Grantland, and you're seeing this whole path. You basically don't want to be the college basketball guy, or just NBA. I, I don't want or to like be the, the NBA basketball side piece guy. guy. Yeah. I don't want to be the basketball guy because after working at so many networks, I got a chance to see that. I I had a wealth of knowledge beyond just how I was being used. Right. So I remember you came in my office. I have a pretty good shit detector with this stuff. And I came away from it thinking like, I think he actually wants to do all this. Because you were like, I want to have a podcast. I loved because you. I remember you said to me when I went on your podcast, I got a lot of feedback for it. So I know people listen to those. And I want to do other stuff. And I don't know what. I have stories. I remember you were like, I have these stories. <laughs> That are I don't know what they are, and, and then, then we developed the story time thing, in the pat about how you stole Patrick Ewing's TV, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, a couple of those we one. animated some of those. Yes, indeed. You started the podcast with Jacobs, so this is and all we started ground- working together. So this is all groundbreaking stuff for people that get a chance to enjoy um, how your career has transpired and mine also. This is before like there were so many outlets to express yourself in social media. Clearly wasn't yeah, being what it early. is now. Yeah. So for us to like put on YouTube clips and to do podcasts and to give like our draft our, our 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 draft interviews that we were doing. Well, that came a little later. I know. The biggest thing that happened to us was the next summer. We we got to know each other a little bit, and I loved working with you. That's mutual. And 2012, they had been trying to talk me into doing Countdown, so they finally talked me into doing it, and it's going to be. Me and Stan Van Gundy joining the show. Do you remember this? I do. Stan Van Gundy and I have a phone call about it. We're excited. This would be great to work together. Then Stern squashes Van Gundy. He just squashes it. So now they don't have a fourth person. And now I'm panicking. And I'm like, why can't we get Jalen? And they're saying, well, he's on the college show. And I'm like, so what? This is the NBA. This is a much bigger show. And it went back and forth and back and forth. And I remember even like 10 days before we were on, we actually, the NBA season started, you weren't on the show yet. And they were trying to figure out all this. Oh, oh, okay. And then it, then it worked out. And, and then we spent two magical years together. Absolutely. And what was happening during that period before I got added to Countdown. Which, by the way, you should have been the first person they asked. But here, here's, here's what, what was taking place. I was also doing other shows. Right. So I was doing Numbers Never Lie. It was Monday through Friday. It was in Bristol, Connecticut. I was doing College Game Day. That you was were doing everything to get Friday, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. And so I was already on what was considered two anchor um, programs. So it was almost like, is he going to be able to do all three at the same time? Because that's what I did the first year. Well, so, and that's a good lesson because I think almost every time now athletes just get thrown into the big job right away. You were so desperate to prove yourself. You were going to Bristol. You're on random ESPN2 shows. You're doing NBA coast to coast at 11 at night. Two in the morning. You're doing college basketball weekends. You're doing everything to get, to make a name for yourself, which is weird because you were pretty famous at the time. And also this was a period of time where I recognized that I was the only person at the company working Monday through Sunday. Right. I was doing Numbers Never Lie Monday through Friday. I was doing Game Day Friday, Saturday. 
I was doing NBA Saturday, Sunday, and we were still doing the podcast. Right. So that's why that was one of the many reasons I liked you because you actually gave a shit and you were talking. <laughs> so we start doing countdown. Yes, indeed. And so we're on this fun. little rinky dink set. And they're building the new set. Yeah, the desk was really small. Desk was small. We could barely... <laughs> remember, they, we could see the sides of everybody's legs were crammed in there. And we're doing it with Magic Johnson, who... Um, Hall of Fame mogul. Your idol. Yes, indeed. Um, somebody that uh, was my nemesis on the Celtics, but was one of my favorite basketball players of all time. And we're trying not to be fanboys around him and juggle that whole, like, how do we go back and forth with him on TV when it's freaking Magic Johnson? And we won them over about two months in. Yes, indeed. And then the, the conversation started to get really good that year <laughs> well, in the little office. Absolutely. Um, and, and the great Michael Wilbon, too. It went from being it was like... the best. No question. Love working with you guys. It was awesome. Do and, you remember that time we did the Detroit versus... Uh, the Detroit versus... Was it Chicago? Oh, we did. Absolutely. The, Who, the player rankings. With Wilbon. Yes, indeed. The About player the pickup game. Yes, indeed. And Ma- Magic was the most animated I've ever seen him. Yes. About, and he, and he He's basically. He's passionate about um, Michigan. And we were trying to come up with the, with the best pickup team. And he went on record and he said, the Iceman George Gervin was the greatest pickup basketball player of all time. And we we're like, what do you mean? Like, compared to Jordan? Compared, he's like, the best. He scored every time. Nobody guarded Ice Gervin. He's my first pick. And, and it was a lot of shit like that just every Sunday. And the great Sunday. thing is, like, for me to get a chance to work with all of you guys who are so excellent and respected at your jobs, I'm trying to continue to earn my respect in the business. And also, since I have been doing it so long, I was fortunate enough to already have earned the respect of like my peers and, yeah. and, and, and executives and stuff like that. So I appreciated how it went from being like a boardroom to a locker room. So we, it was, it, it probably happened around December, January, February. <laughs> but then we started trying to figure out what else we could do. Yep. And that's when we came up with the job interview. Job interview. Which is the only year they ever did it because the the guys started showing up stopped showing up the next year. But we did this job interview during that crazy draft that turned out to be Giannis was the big prize. We didn't even interview him. But we interviewed all these guys and all of our assessments coming out of that thing were kinda held up. Like CJ McCollum, for example. And was Oladipo. A sleeper. Those were our two favorites. Yes indeed. Remember that? Yes indeed. And we, we were we were putting them on the spot and asked them different questions and we did that. Then we were on the road the whole time and it was great. I I mean we we became pretty close over that time. And also another groundbreaking thing that was happening were a couple of things. How that show didn't have what was considered a traditional host. And now you look back at it, that was genius. Like, not that a host can't be valuable or really good at their job. I think, of a, I think a good host matters, but there's not a ton of good hosts. And and also, too, the bottom line, though, we still were able to get our content in. It's a, it's a short show. Right. We were like... It was 30 minutes, 22 minutes of content. Yeah. It, was, it, it was fast anyway. So it gave us a chance to still get in and out of stuff. And also, this is when multimedia and you were the catalyst for this started to look different. I'll never forget the way the Grantland studio once looked. The it was your baby. Closet. Yeah. It was your basement. It was your garage. Yeah. All at LA Live. And then all of a sudden, I remember when you walked in there one day and I put up my pictures. You weren't happy. 
<laughs> I wish we had discussed it. <laughs> some of them were good, though. I like some of them. <laughs> and, and now, as you look through the landscape of the business, that's what people are really, as I say, Mr. Me Too and, and or copying. Yeah. They're putting immortals and their family members and stuff like that on the walls which may not seem like much of a thing right now because a lot of people are doing it but it's a personalization no question like other shows were using like bobbleheads or helmets or things like that so well the other thing we did that was actually ahead of its time because then the technology we did that march madness live stream from my house yes but we didn't have the the technology yet and we had jacoby had to rent this Remember that giant antenna? Yeah. And the guy cracked my basketball court. They wheeled in this thing. And it was just so, we had to spend like, I don't even know how many thousand bucks on it. And now we would just do it with like phones. But we were like, this would be great. We'll have our own studio show that will come on and pop in these different spots of Thursday, Friday. And it was good. That's when you remember jumped on the couch. Yes, indeed. We did all that stuff. It was fun. We were just taking chances. Correct. But also that created a unique outlet for two separate things that weren't happening. First off, people can tell if, as a public figure, you are publicly who you are privately. They, yeah, they see through it really fast. So we became the homeboys to all of the sports fans because they knew we were genuine, number one. Number two, we were given information. And number three, you could tell we weren't being muzzled. We, you allowed us to say whatever we want. That wasn't really taking place. We should mention that within two years I was gone from the company. But, <laughs> right. right. And, and so, like, you know how it is. Like, Colin Kaepernick was the guy that took a knee. <laughs> Thank you. I'm getting compared a, to Kaepernick. A, a lot of other guys wow. have taken knees. Oh, but unfortunately for him, it cost him his job. Right. It cost him his opportunities in the NFL to spearhead a movement. And that's truly what you were oh, that, personally doing. A ridiculous comparison, but I love it. Yes, but in, in theory, that's what you were personally <laughs> yeah, doing. We're trying and to that, push the envelope. And that's what happened to allow us to be a podcast, a radio show, a 2 a.m. television show, now a 2 in the afternoon television show. I was carrying a bat. I, I can imagine how many emails you were getting like, oh, why is this brother carrying a bat? <laughs> Well, you, know? you mean from people who worked at ESPN yes. who had positions of power? <laughs> yes. Hey, uh, we're getting some notes about Jalen's bat. <laughs> what does pop the trunk mean? <laughs> <laughs> the most fun thing I think we did was when we did the, um, we the first year we did the Bill and Jalen NBA preview. And we taped Original it for- Original content. We taped six, we did a six hour taping and neither of us went to the bathroom Kay. and it became a standoff. Let me rewind the tape. Tell them what we did again. We we did six straight hours of ripping through the teams. They're on, they're actually on YouTube now, but I think we did fifteen teams. Yes, in and six we hours. did not get out of the chair and go did to the bathroom. Move. Didn't move. So that was a passion for what we was doing. You know what part I of love that was? The sport and love working with each other. We were so frustrated by countdown and how short the segments were. And these little, we had four people and four minute segments, and basically. It's the, a dream to be on a show like that, and you don't have any time to say anything. And that can't. And all of a sudden, that's why we were going on YouTube and doing the stuff we wanted to do. Absolutely. And somebody for somebody, I sense that with you still now. I mean, those segments are like boom, hey, uh, uh, boom, yes. get your one point and you're out. No question. And for somebody that's a basketball historian like yourself that wrote the book on basketball, somebody to me to live and breathe a sport, we like to go deeper in the box score. And sometimes, just when you're a national network, you got to play the hits. 
You're going to talk about a handful of teams, maybe five or ten players. That's just kind of how it plays out. We allowed people to come behind the curtain because we was covering everything. The, I think we did that heading into the 13-14 season. Yes, indeed. One of the segments, I think, was, is this LeBron's last year in Miami? Yes. But it was like, one. It was some of the stuff we hit in there, I think, was, was pretty good. Hey, want to talk about mattresses? Let's do it. You want to look at your phone while I do this? Sure. Yeah, I know you want to. I know you have texts. <laughs> Let's talk about Casper, the sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one day at a time. What, are you happy with the mattress, Jalen? I am happy with my okay, mattress. Okay, good. I'm glad. Three mattress models. I could get a free one if they want to send me another one. <laughs> the original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential. Casper mattresses are perfectly designed to soothe and cradle your natural geometry. Not to mention the breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. It's delivered right to your door in a small, how do they do that size box? How about that? Delivered to your door. Free shipping. Returns in the U.S. and Canada. A 100-night risk-free sleep on it trial. I've seen you sleep in any situation. You don't need a mattress. <laughs> I, I've seen we t- we flew on planes when we hadn't even taken off yet, and you fell asleep, and then the plane landed, and you'd wake up. It was like you were a robot. I've never seen anything like that. It was like your NBA player DNA. Correct. Get on the plane out. Plane lands up. And this is I, I played in the league <clears throat> at a time where like we didn't have the level of technology to be able to really just watch footage right after the game. Right, so sleeping was actually good. No question. So Casper mailed me a mattress two years ago. I've been using it ever since. I started sleeping it better. made me feel stupid. I didn't care about my mattress sooner. Now you can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash BS. Use offer code BS. Terms and conditions apply. So we did those videos, the Bill and Jalen preview, and... We had some drama in the second season. wasn't that much fun. We had more fun doing our other stuff. Uh, in general, a relatively frustrating show to do. It seems like it's a little more fun now. It seems like the way they've set it up, that they'll do more one-hour shows with you now. That was one of my big gripes when I was on it. Like, we need an hour. Like, especially like this week. And we're going to talk about some of the NBA stuff going on. There's 15 storylines this week. How do you do that in 22 minutes? Your gripes, again, are things that we're now doing. You wanted to always be a part of the uh, post-game coverage. Yeah. Remember that? And you they wanted would throw the show to, to be Center. an hour. Yeah. They would throw it to Sports Center. They would fly us to the city. <laughs> but, I mean, it's all stuff that got fixed. It did. And we, would lead, was, we, we were able to lead the games at halftime something. At some point, yeah, because we weren't using games the that they flew us to go to the game for. <laughs> but uh, you say so. This year, Pierce got added. Yes, indeed. So as now you, you have Cha- Chauncey was added last year. Yes, indeed. And and as you know, um, the other person that got added, Michelle Beadle, wow, was somebody else that you and I would hope that we'd have a chance in one way, shape, or form to work with. We worked at her at the ESPYS. We worked with her at the ESPYS, yeah. and so. I now have come full circle and not only work with her on Countdown, but eventually and, gonna work with her April second when Get Up start with Mike Greenberg. Yeah, we we should mention you. You've three shows. Yes, you're on TV three different ways. Are you worried that that, that that's too many? Not at all. Um, 
So one of them is a morning show for three hours. Are you going to yes. be on that every day? Yes, indeed. Monday through Friday. Three hours. But here, here's the trick, Bill. In the morning. But here's the trick. You're not a morning person. I am. I'm only a morning person. No, stop it. Bill, I've matured. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm in bed at eight or nine o'clock Who are now. you? I have a better half and everything. I know. You did fall in love since we stopped <laughs> working together. And so I remember times where I was doing NBA Tonight till two in the morning and then hosting Mike and Mike at six. And so for me to be up in the morning and have an anchor Monday through Friday, that's something I really, this is only the second time in 10 years I had that. I had it with Numbers Never Lie for like a year and a half, and now I'm going to have it with Get Up. So in theory, I've been doing a lot of different things, but I never had to be one place at one time to do a show because Countdown, as you know, is only a couple of days a week and right. it's seasonal. The podcast or the radio show I was able to do from anywhere. So did they name the show Get Up? So every show is going to start with you screaming "Get Up" at the camera. No, hopefully okay. we'll have with something holding a big fly. thing of coffee. Get like, up, like like James Brown. Get up, uh, get on up, or probably Outcast. You need to get up, get out, and get something. There's some really good songs out there that I don't know if I they're promise looking you that to ESPN license, isn't but... playing Outcast at seven in the morning. <laughs> Let's lock that down now. They went diamond. They're a popular group. One of the best things that happened with us was the two years that we traveled to do the finals and the conference finals, the Miami Heat were good at basketball. Yes, indeed. And three of the four series that we did on the road passed through the wonderful city of Miami. Yes, indeed. Your second home. Yes, indeed. Actually, what is your second home? You have so many homes. Second home. Detroit's your first home. Detroit is first home will always be anchored there. Grandmother just turned 100. <laughs> mother of 76 no question Seriously? about it has her 100? motor skills she's doing terrific how Absolutely. did she get to 100 hey she takes care of herself no no cigarettes no alcohol well she likes her own um, wine spritzers mm. wine spritzers so that's the key yes wine indeed. spritzers and hot yoga yes indeed she doesn't do any <laughs> yoga and so and jrla obviously is is uh yeah. The, the tuition-free public charter high school that I founded is do, in Detroit. Do, do 30 seconds on JRLA. Yes. Yeah, so that was also founded in 2011. And initially, I was helping kids via scholarship through the Jalen Rose Charitable Fund. And we influenced around 40 kids to go to college. And I also have a scholarship endowment at the University of Michigan. So at this time, when the country had an economic downturn and – I remember John McCain saying this, and it kind of stuck with me when he was running for the presidency initially He because he decided that he wasn't going to campaign in, in my hometown. And wow. he was like, when the rest of the world gets sick, Detroit gets the flu. And that always stuck with me. And so while the country was in chaos, you know, Detroit was in despair. We were closing yeah. schools. We were opening jails. So I really just felt like being a founder of a charter high school was just a graduation of the mission of the kids I was already helping. And what makes it unique is we're not only focused on graduating them from high school, but tracking the young people and helping them get graduate from college also. So it's How many kids now? It's a 9 through 16 model. So we have 415 approximately in the building. We have about 315 alumni. And so this time next year, we'll have the full 9 through 16 model in play. Is there a big statue of you outside this place? Not at all. Big mural? Nah. I, I didn't want to name the school after me. I was like... It's basically not. It's JRLA, right? Correct. Yeah. I was like, name it after Martin Luther King or yeah. somebody that's really like noble or successful. But they were like, 
if yeah, we you name need it after you, it. you'll own it. And so it's been a, a, a terrific undertaking. But L.A., probably until April, has always been considered my second home. Once I started getting money, I came to L.A. And then now, now Nin- you're, 1994. Now you're, now you're ditching go- L.A. and me. I would never ditch you, but somewhat distant L.A. There's You could probably Google a picture of me and Nas at the Century Club in 1995. Right. I was Detroit and L.A. from then on for 20 years. You been, almost died in L.A. Been through a lot out here. No you question about it. You got shot at. What street was that? No question. I was at Sunset in Barrington. I almost you got still don't know who did it. Yeah, you literally almost got assassinated. Yes, indeed. Lisa, Lisa Leslie. Yes, indeed. Right. Well, absolutely. And so um, L.A. is definitely my second home, but... My kids, my family, they live uh, in Atlanta. My, my oldest is a senior. She wants to go to college in California. And uh, my youngest is doing great also. So that's really my triangle. Yeah, I remember when your oldest was, I think, 12 when yes, we were on Countdown. Mm-hmm. And you were, and I, I was so enamored with my little six-year-old girl at that time, or seven, or however old she was. Absolutely, and you were like, playing and you were soccer. Like, and you were like, just wait. <laughs> just wait till they turn you're not 12. gonna be cool so yeah. yeah just wait just wait a lot of eye rolls and head shakes she coming don't run your way. to the door and hug you when you walk in anymore does she no unless i unless she needs money <laughs> a lot of eye rolls these days hey that dress is a little short is it dad yes a lot of that don't sing don't yeah. question don't do anything no, just 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 have cash <laughs> just have money ready to roll so we haven't done anything in three years how about you believe that? that no the last time we did something the grantland basketball hour which i still stand by as being a fucking awesome show Are you ready and for it's this? online that's another thing that was a trailblazing situation we had a basketball show that was not countdown. A thoughtful show with weird people on it, like Steven Jackson. Which, hmm, which, what does that sound like? Which now happens, and Every day. Rachel Nichols does a really good job with the jump. Right. But we, really- had to, we had to fight to get that show. But we did a show on May 7th, 2015, that was actually a really good show. And we, I think we had uh, Tarasi on, remember? Yes, indeed. And she was awesome. In the show prior, we had Kobe Bryant on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tarasi's on, great show, and then the next day I'm out. Yes. Yeah. And that was it. We haven't done anything since. How We've about done that? stuff privately. We've done private podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we, there's been a lot of texting. There's been some beverages. Yes, indeed. But no, Always. Nothing, uh, nothing major. Nothing so it's going to be back. I want to talk basketball. Okay, cool. I miss doing this with you, by the way. That's mutual. Um, We're going to do this more often. The All-Star Draft. There's no reason we shouldn't do one and simulate the teams eventually. Well, I I thought we should do that, actually. If you're not going to televise it, why even do it? They will. It's almost, to me, like legalizing marijuana (laughs) or making sure that you have internet service everywhere you go. Have you ever been walking down the street trying to get online or use your phone like why can't why I don't have service like yeah. what is going on that's here that's every day they haven't found a way to monopolize it yet once they're able to say okay everybody bid for it to be on television everybody lined up and paid to be sponsors it's going to be a different version of what we saw LeBron James do when he did his announcement they're going to eventually televise it it just happened so fast and it was such a great idea they can't spring it all on us at once it's like when you buy an iPhone an iPhone, before you know it, it's not working. They slowing down the memory. Right. The charger don't work. The earbuds, you lose them. It's the exact same thing. They're going to do it, but they're not doing it this year. 
If they televised, it would have been fun to watch Damian Lillard's reaction when he goes last. He's not I going feel last. cheated. He wouldn't go last. I, I feel t- cheated. Who would go last? A in Boston the- Celtic, Al Horford would go last. You're just saying that to hurt my feelings. It's true. He spaces the floor and provides defense. He does. He's a terrific <laughs> team player. I am not taking away from last. his role. You're right. There's about the last four guys would probably be from the East. No question. Really, what should happen is this. The talent pool shouldn't be East-West. It should be the best 24 players. Right. I don't understand why you're forcing 12 players from each conference. That's be- the part I don't Because they didn't get. put enough thought into it. It should be the best 12. So if it's if it's 18 players from the West and six players from the East, so what? Right. Let's go with the best 24. I'm with you. I'm throwing this idea at you. I did it on Twitter like six months ago, and I'm becoming more and more convinced it's the one of the best ideas I've had in a while. I think you pick 25 players. You split them up in fives, and it's king in the court. And you just go. And it's like you play to 21. Team tries to stay on. Who are, You play for... Basically three straight hours. That sounds and like then work. Whatever the last two, that's the finals, and it's it's like five million bucks. The five guys split it a million apiece. Here's the thing about today's NBA. They're too rich. Nicholas Batum is making 120 million dollars. It's unbelievable. And so when that happens, five Andrew million Wiggins dollars, is making 150. They like, oh, I'd rather have the weekend off. Yeah, there's no way to do that. Three hours, five on five, five teams. Man, that's, not, that's dressed in overalls. That's a lot of work. So we can't basically fix the All-Star game in any way. No, there's no fixing it. What is fun about this mixing the teams, just having teammates playing against each other potentially? Well, it's, it's almost... That's the only thing I can think of. It's almost like when you grew up rooting for the Celtics and y'all only had a home jersey and an away jersey. And it was like, that's going to be tradition. And then they realize that they can make more money selling more jerseys. And before you know it, it's all types of jerseys. Black ones, black and green ones. The Celtics even have cheerleaders now. Red wouldn't have cheerleaders. No, they waited until he died. I know. He died, and then they brought out the cheerleaders the next year. How about that? And I think they mentioned that they were doing it, and they might have killed them. They might have killed Red with that. I don't know what the chronology is. But yeah, they, all these uni- there's like 10 uniforms for each team now. So, so that's why you mix up the teams. It gives the illusion that you get a chance to see people that would never play with one another play together. Yeah. But that's what you get in anyway because it's an all-star game. It's not going to work. It's just not. <laughs> it would have worked if, the, if, they, if we saw the draft. I also, you could talk me into 20 all-stars instead of 24. Let's really make it exclusive. There's always four that we're not sure about anyway. So just who are the best 20 guys? Let's go. Ten, ten guys on each team. So there are a few things that I think um, Adam, who, who I feel like is doing an amazing job as commissioner, and you just see the trajectory of the sport, unlike the NFL where players come out and disrespect their commissioner. He, he's made a lot of really um, awesome changes to the game, like cutting down the timeouts and speeding up the pace and all types of stuff. Another thing that I would like to see him do, Bill, yeah. is have the playoffs be 1 through 16 seeding. Ooh. I under- ta- we talked about that like years. 4 or 5 years ago. No question about it. I don't understand why with the ability to travel on private planes and the way nutrition is now and the way that you're tracking players minutes and all of these great things that allow players to play a lot longer, you should now have the best 16 teams physically playing against one another like the NCAA tournament and to me that's the true champion well what about my the tweak on that idea if you have 14 seeds 
the other 16 play for the last two seeds and they're 15 and 16. Then you open it up. Nah. One you through don't like 16. That? No. You don't want the garbage teams trying I, to play no, the 16? I, no playing games. No JVs. Nothing? And so here's what you do, though. Imagine, here's a perfect example. This season. Yeah. The NBA Finals should be the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets. Right. Those are the two best teams in the league. Right. But they're going to face each other in the Conference Finals. And we may get a team that this usually that happens out of the East. I, Toronto is, um, I, yeah, they're winning seventy percent of their games. If I had to pick a team today to who's look who's looking the best in the East, I would say Toronto. They're the safest bet, right? I'll, I'll tell you who's not a safe bet is the Cavaliers of Cleveland. Correct. Hey, I don't want to go any further without playing a little game called Jalen No Stuff, which okay, we used cool. to play back in the day. Okay, cool. Dan Gilbert is. It came out, Stephen A. Smith said Dan Gilbert wants to sell the Cavs. <clears throat> you and I have always believed he wanted to own the Pistons since he owns half of the downtown Detroit anyway, and that it would always make sense for him to flip franchises with Tom Gores, or he buy he sells the Cavs, buys the Pistons, and then they put the Cavs up for sale. However this plays out, Jalen knows stuff. What do you know? And uniquely positioned in this scenario being – what I consider friends with Tom Gores. Also, Dan Gilbert, who graciously both support JRLA. Right. And so... Is that your way of saying you're not going to answer this? Oh, I'm definitely going to answer. Okay. While uniquely placed, they're around... In professional sports, I think people underestimate the fact that they're in basketball and football in particular, a lot of owners that are from Michigan. Yes. Um, in Orlando with the Clippers, with the Dolphins, and obviously the couple of gentlemen you just talked about. So being from Michigan in an ideal world, because that's where his business now is, Quicken Loans, and he moved 3,000-plus employees from Ohio. He's all in on Detroit. No question. He's pushed all his chips into the Detroit table. In an ideal world, of course, he would probably prefer to own a team where he's pushed all his chips in the middle of the table. But the Pistons already have a terrific owner who just moved a team from Auburn Hills finally back to Detroit for the first time in 30 years. Maybe he wants to get out. And so... Maybe Dan Gilbert says, here's my price for your team, and then I'll figure out what to do with my team. As I see both of those individuals who I, again, admire and know, I think they both enjoy being franchise owners and leaders. So as it seems like that may be a quality transition to take place, I personally don't suggest it. You it's going to happen Gores, soon. You don't think Gores gives up the Pistons? I don't think it happens soon. Okay. And if it does happen, it probably won't be to Dan Gilbert. So Gilbert is getting out because LeBron is leaving would be the other takeaway here. Just looking at it from afar, knowing nothing. I, I, it seems suspicious. I think that we underestimate the fact that when you own a franchise, that's a legacy play for yourself and for your family. For those thinking short-sighted like, oh, for three years, he's going to sell the team and get a top dollar because of LeBron James. LeBron James is an all-time iconic player. But guess what the Gilbert family can do 100 years from now? Still own the Cavs. So why would he sell? Correct. Okay. Unless he got a chance to own another team, the Detroit Pistons. Okay. Uh, let's re let's redraft the teams. Okay. Do you want to be LeBron or Curry? It doesn't matter. You can have first. I can take first or whatever. 
but one of us has to be LeBron and one of us has to be Curry. We have to think like they would think. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. It's like it's like the old thing to capture a serial killer. You have to think like a serial killer. Correct. So let to me, be an all star captain. We have to think like an all star so captain. So allow allow me allow me to be Curry, because to me, here's what LeBron James should do, and it's just for killer instinct value, in my opinion. He shouldn't draft a warrior or Kyrie Irving. Okay. If I'm him, I wouldn't. So why don't you be LeBron James? I don't um, want to be LeBron in this scenario because I did a draft already and I was him. So I think it'd be fun to oh, be stuff. I didn't time. realize you did this before. <laughs> this is I mean, this is like a secondhand gimmick? No, nah, let's just do it. It'll be fun. Jesus. Who'd you do this with, Jacoby? I did it on Countdown. We did it live. Oh, this will be better. You probably had <laughs> you probably had three and a half minutes. You had to race you through your picks. <laughs> All right, so you're Curry. All right, let's get it. Who had the first pick between LeBron and Curry? LeBron had the first pick. Can you Le- show me the roster, please? LeBron. LeBron had the first pick. You get the first pick, sir. I'm gonna take off now, my coat and stay does a while. K- does KD fit in your whole thing about he he no warriors, right? You don't think he'll take a warrior? He he better not take a warrior. Okay. And he better not take Kyrie Irving. Or I'm going to be looking at him sideways. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. Okay, so he's... One other thing, too. The disdain I see by the Houston Rockets towards the Clippers. Yeah. You know what would be magical in the playoffs? If they felt that way towards the Warriors, who they've beaten twice this year. And then we're getting somewhere. That should be the NBA Finals, 1-16. Right. through 16. I have him taking Harden. I now have the rosters in front of me. You just scroll down. Okay, cool. Curry. Yeah. So you get the first pick. You're LeBron. Do we go snake fashion? What? I, what like you I get, get one, one and I get two? And three? No. Nah, how are go, they doing it? Nah, They're just go, going back and yeah, forth? Yeah, let's go back All right, and I took James Harden. LeBron takes James Harden, another primary ball handler? Yeah. I'm going to take... He want, you know why? Because he wants to play in Houston next year. He's leaving that it. door open. Hey, James. Oh, man, this is so much fun. Put in a good word for me. I love James Harden. I wish I could get a chance. I wish I wasn't retired from the strip club. <laughs> Man, that guy's my idol. What that guy does on the court and off the court, Man, it's legendary. I look up to James Harden. Well, he better be careful. All right. My first pick is Kevin Durant. <laughs> okay, great pick. So right now we have LeBron and Harden against Curry and Durant. I'm going to take... Giannis. I love Giannis. And by the way, you're splitting hairs when you're talking about great players, but I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to take a guy who's just as tall, who's just as long, can shoot better. I almost took him. And didn't get his coach fired this year. Anthony Davis. I That was almost my next pick. Wait a second. <laughs> Are you blaming Giannis for getting Jason Kidd fired? No. Not at all. Jason Kidd got Jason Kidd fired. I know. He it ends badly for him wherever he goes. No blame. No, no shots at Giannis. He's the, he. Well, the one thing though, he was able to do, and you know, it's really hard to develop a young guy and to be a top flight player. Now that makes it an attractive job. So I'll give him half credit for he thought of the idea to give Giannis the ball all the time. Giannis is a freak. I think you and I, if if you and I were coached at the Bucks the last three years, I think Giannis still happens in his exact form. Anybody who can dunk from the from the freaking three point line <laughs> in two steps is gonna be fine. All right, I have next pick. Yes, indeed. Wow, you took Davis, huh? 
this is tough because all of a sudden there's still a couple Warriors left. You only can pick starters right now. Oh, I can only pick the starters? Yeah, that's how they acknowledged it to be. That's another thing I don't like. Yeah, I don't like that either. Um, we have to pick the 10 starters before the eight other starters before we pick the no, reserves. I don't love my team now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got it. Oh, Westbrook's not starting. Correct. That's interesting. I'm going to keep a spot open for Westbrook. You have to pick the starters first. And here's another thing I'm going to show you. So he can't take Kyrie either. And here's another so thing. So Steph Curry played this perfectly because he knows he's going to get Kyrie. Correct. And you know who else I know I'm going to get? Who? Westbrook. Well, what would... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to take DeRozan. <laughs> I hate my team. <laughs> All right, my next pick will be... Man, we got a squad. Let's go Kyrie. Kyrie. And then... I have an amazing squad. And then I'm taking Embiid. And then I'll take... Boogie! <laughs> Unfollow... Uh, Unblock Bill. Unblock Bill. Unblock <laughs> Bill. Unblock me. For those that don't know. How about this? Forget about unblocking me. Just get back on defense. <laughs> let's go. Let's, the, let's put it For out. those that don't know, we used to always go deeper into the box score for young players and like tell stories behind why they behave the way they behave or why they're underperforming. And he was one of our first guys. I said it's the ultimate betrayal. We threw our body in front of it, like y'all. I know he's in Sacramento, but y'all cannot. We know put he's this a little crazy, him. yeah. And you know what ended up happening? They traded him for Buddy Hill. Yeah, and and the tenth pick. And the owner felt like that he was going to be the next step. And Curry. the tenth pick that they then turned into the fifteenth and the twentieth pick. Correct. Congratulations on that trade. <laughs> did they, Tate? Did they take Harry Giles with one of those picks? Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. Ooh. The poo-poo platter. <laughs> Can I have a spare with that? All right, so LeBron, Harden, Giannis, DeRozan, and Embiid. Curry, Durant, Davis, Kyrie, Boogie. I like your team more. And now it's the reserves I get first pick. I th See, I think if I had to do it over again, <laughs> I would pick, I would try to have Giannis and Davis together in the first two picks. You, you know right? what I'm going to do? All right, you have the first pick. You now. know what I'm going to no, do? No, no, you do what you have to do. No. Nah. No, you're... You... No, because it, it won't be fair if I take No, him. do it. Take him. All right, give me Russell Westbrook. Oh, man. Since so you have Westbrook, <laughs> Curry, and Kyrie. And Jesus. Davis. And I still can't take any Warriors. See, you know what bothers me about this and why and this is a good reason why they didn't televise the draft. <laughs> <laughs> Don't show the draft. <laughs> LeBron will take John Wall cuz cuz of professional stuff. Not because John Wall deserves to go. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take uh It's crazy that we probably live in a world where LeBron James won't be a member of the Cavs next year. Oh, the depot. That's our guy from the job interview back in the That's day. That's dude. Oh, you know what? I, can I change that? Is Jimmy, of Butler, you can. is Jimmy Butler healthy or not? You could take him. Is he healthy, though? Yeah, he'll be healthy. I want he's, Jimmy Butler. He's a part of the team. You could take him. I'm taking Jimmy Butler. All right. I had him Astros because he's hurt. But So the big I have is Carl Anthony Town. Mm. No, I'm sorry. No, you have Boogie. I have Boogie, Boogie and, and AD. Yeah. Oh, I might as well go to Kentucky Trio. Mm. No, that? you know what? No, I'm going to switch it up. Yeah. Give, me, give me poor Zingas. Wow. I need some big three-point shooting. 
to go. I already have him beat. I didn't need him. Um, now this is where Kevin Love's feelings are already starting to get hurt. <laughs> Say, hey man, I thought we had something. <laughs> um, I'm doing it. I'm taking Draymond. I was looking at him as well. Sagan off. I don't think LeBron should take any Warriors, but I also think having Draymond going against his three teammates, he'll play really hard. He will. It'll be great to have him on the team. He'll take it personal. He'll take. He'll put a little extra in there. Is uh. You know what? I, I I need some. No, you, I'm going to take. You, did you take Oladipo? No, you can have. Him. Uh, give me Oladipo. You're putting him. You're reuniting him with Westbrook. So cross him off for that game. He's gonna have, <laughs> be having Vietnam stress flashbacks. <laughs> uh, do I need another point guard? I do. It's, I it's, I love my team. Yeah, your team's really. Your team's really Somebody good. please simulate this. Somebody stop the fight. And by the way, you know, back in the day when you had a barbershop argument, you couldn't settle it. We could settle this. You could just add up their PERs and get a score that way. And then somebody can simulate it on NBA 2K and or NBA Live. You can simulate this. EA Sports is in the game. Simulate this. I'm taking Clay. I'm going to start some Warriors tension having two Warriors on my team. Look at my shooting, by the way. Look at my shooting. I got Clay, James Harden. Yeah, your shooting's pretty good too. What do you got? My next pick. Oh, it's only what three, four guys left, huh? I got defense. I think I'm winning. You have four. I'm gonna shut you down. Oh, we have four guys, five guys left. Yeah. I'm going to take another guy that's giving me twenty and ten. Yeah. Kevin Love. Oh, that's smart. He'll be inspired. You know, play against LeBron. Yeah. Come run with us. I'm I'm going for more shooting. I want Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal! That's a good choice. He came into his own. Hold on. Can we interrupt this for Jalen No stuff? Sure. How many words a day do you think Bradley Beal and John Wall say to each other that's not on a basketball court? They're 100 now. In the, in the past, um, low percentage. But not, they're 100 now? Yeah, they're, we they're good now. We know for a fact? Yeah, they're good now. They're good. Are we sure? Yes, they're good now. We're positive? Yeah, they're good. Okay. They're good. You have next pick. And they're balling too. Hustle and flow, as I affectionately call them. They're balling? What are you talking about? They're, they're total dysfunction in the Wizards. It's, it's because of their front court. So you need to make a trade. Like, when, when, the, have, when the last time you seen Martin Gortat play? <laughs> He's, you, he. I think, is he free agent this year or next year? It's not a good free agent run. My point exactly. All right, you're up. Um, My next pick. Oh, this is an easy one. Yeah. Um, And I value winning. Give me LaMarcus Aldridge. Mm. You know, I got the three-point shooting. I got the mid-range. He third in the West without Kawhi. I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to deal with him getting upset that we weren't posting him up. I got uh, I got Kyle Lowry. I got a bunch of dogs in my team now. <laughs> I got a whole dog lineup to throw at you. And so the final pick in this draft, I'm surprised. No, we got we got a couple more picks left. We do? Yeah. Horford's left. John Wall's left. Uh, Lillard's left. And Towns is left. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, this is easy. Give me yeah. Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, I figured. He's another great chemistry guy for you. Yeah, I got all the Kentucky guys. I'm going to take... Uh, need Coach Cal to come coach this squad. Lillard, T- Towns, Wall. 
And la and wait, is there somebody missing? Clay. Oh, oh, Al Horford. Defense, chemistry, floor spacing. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. You get one more. I have a couple of shorter. I told you Damian Lillard was going to go last. He's, there's Damn two guys God. left. It's Damian Lillard or John Wall. That's it. That's because you picked funny. I didn't pick funny. I'm trying to pick a team that's going to win a basketball game. I'm going to have to go with. I have three smaller guards. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go with a bigger guard. Give me John Wall. Uh, Oh, look at this. Last pick, Damian Lillard. This is why they need to televise the draft. All right. LeBron, Harden, Giannis, DeRozan, Embiid, my starters. You have Curry, Durant, Davis, Kyrie, Boogie. My bench, Butler, Draymond, Clay, Beal, Lowry, Horford, Lillard. Your bench, Westbrook, Porzingis, Old Depot, Kevin Love, Aldridge, Towns, and John Wall. Or as I like to call them, we can't get stops. <laughs> you have no defense. Old Depot is your only good defensive player on your bench. I have a squad. Anthony Davis can play D. My team's going to put up points on you. All right, I'm going to uh, take a photo of this and put it on Instagram. KD you guys plays can, D. You guys can vote. Please do. At me, Jalen versus everybody. I'm going to post that picture of us from the Staples Center. It's going to be my second post. It's a great one. I would love to post that today. Uh, you can look at your phone again. Let's talk about propercloth.com. Every guy knows that it's hard to find a dress shirt that fits. Collar too tight, sleeves too long, shirts too loose. I have some good news. Ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier thanks to propercloth. Create a custom shirt size in seconds by answering 10 easy questions. No measuring required. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, 500 fabric styles. From classic to business, completely customize your shirt. Get the style you want. All high quality with the absolute best quality and craftsmanship starting at just $80. What does a six foot eight guy do for shirts? <laughs> Here's how it works. So when I'm out of shape, I'm kangaroo Jalen. Right. You're and wearing so baggy, baggy my, clothes. My stomach and my butt stick out. Yeah. So therefore you got to go to the big and tall store at that point. Okay. So then you're like two X big, you know, something like that. Now I'm normal size for my, for my body type. So you can go in a real store and I can go and get shirt? an XL. Really? Yeah, I could just go to oh, any wow. store that I choose and get an XL. Well, you could go to Proper Cloth. They guarantee a perfect fit, meaning that if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they remake it for free. Wow. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Look your best. Go to propercloth.com slash BS. Enter gift code BS to save $20 on your first shirt. Again, propercloth.com slash BS. Gift code BS. Tate, is your mic on? Yeah. That album cover remind me of uh, when we first saw... Kelly Olenek, and we say he's a member of the Doobie yeah, Brothers. Yeah, remember that? The Doobie <laughs> Brothers are right behind you. They're, they're looking over you. Classic. Uh, Tate, whose roster did you like more? I think I like Team Curry more. I think four, Team Curry. Four-point favorites? Yeah, like three and a half. It's going to be close. 14. But here's the problem. <laughs> but you did a, you did the perfect LeBron where you didn't like your team as you went through it, but then you turned around. Then I you changed know, my mind yeah, on it? Yeah, that's what LeBron does. Well, Team LeBron was at a disadvantage because he can't take Warriors and he can't take Kyrie. Like, if he's just trying to pick the best team, he absolutely takes Kyrie. He, Durant's the first pick, and Kyrie's on that team, but he won't do that. But, Those are two guys he's never taking. And for competitive reasons, you like that, correct? I guess. See, I, I'm of the mindset you actually bring those guys in and befriend them. Like, think about, think about in the past who's done that, right? Michael Jordan. I got the a greatest, good example both, for you. We both think MJ's the GOAT. Yes, indeed. What did he do with Charles Barkley? Became homies. Took him gambling. Yes, indeed. Kept him out at 7 o'clock every night. Came his buddy. And then in the 93 finals, he kicked his ass. 
Well, you know this very well. LeBron's been doing that for a decade. Yeah. Just think about it like this. LeBron James has shattered all glass ceilings for athletes because we've seen like Magic Johnson become a mogul after his career. LeBron yep. is doing it while he's playing. Um, Shaq comes to mind as somebody that was doing that as well. Jordan with the shoes. Think about this for a second. There are players that he plays with and or against that he indirectly represents in a lot of ways. Is indirectly the word we're going to use here? <laughs> well, I have to give Rich Paul a lot of credit because if he's not good at his job, regardless of who LeBron is, people wouldn't want to sign with him. Like That's almost like saying players want to play for a large market. Oh, go to L.A., go to New York, you're going to get the endorsements. But really, that's just talk. So he's earned the right to represent the players that he has, and it just so happens now. Oh, it just so happens. That he and LeBron clearly are best friends. Oh, they Childhood are? friends. I had no idea. Absolutely. And wow. so think about this. So Rich Paul's doing this all by himself. And how about this? Through LeBron's relationships and his Whoa, endorsements. LeBron's relationships. No question. He now has skills academies. For high school students. Uh, oh, you just changed the subject. I was so excited to talk about this Rich Paul thing. No, this is the story the NBA wants nobody to talk about. And we are in this world now of, of access is everything in the NBA. These puff piece pieces, these puff piece interviews. LeBron owns an agency. He doesn't really own it, but he does. And if you saw that Cam Reddish picture from last summer, you know who Cam Reddish is. I do. Was he number two? Tate, is he number two? Number two. RJ Barrett's number one. Coming out of a restaurant, Rich Paul, LeBron James, and Cam Reddish last year. So for people to think LeBron's not involved with this agency in some way, he is, whether it's like a halo, a godfather, whatever. And it seems really inappropriate because like they represent Tristan Thompson, who is totally and completely overpaid. I don't I don't see how this isn't a salary cap violation. I like Tristan Thompson. Do you think he should make twenty million dollars a year, eighteen, whatever he makes? Well, we only talk about this about basketball players. You know, yeah, but if if because we have a salary cap, so that's what makes it relevant. You need the guys you're paying top dollar the ball, and he's not playing like a person that if deserves you're trying that to be competitive Correct. and you're trying to compete for the title, and you're paying Tristan Thompson eighteen million dollars a year for the next four years, and you literally can't trade him because the contract is so bad, and you can't fix your team, but he has that contract because LeBron negotiated it with Rich Paul, even though LeBron didn't, but he kind of did. And a couple- that's that's is weird. We've never been in this territory before. Yes, we have. With it, who? It happens with agents every day, Bill. I remember a time when I was in college and MC Hammer and Deion Sanders came to a game because they were representing players at that time. That's a good point. It just looks different because... How'd that go, by the way? He's currently in the league. Yeah, he's the best player in the league. But this is what agents do. When they see Bill Simmons... Um, 10th grade prospect, the first thing they do besides introducing themselves is, so what kind of music you like? Yeah. Oh, you like Drake? Oh, I'm about to get him on the phone right now. Mm. What type of restaurants do your parents like to eat? Oh, man, just tell your parents to go to the restaurant. <laughs> what type of shoes do you like to wear? So this this isn't exclusive to them, and they're not inventing the wheel. It's just what makes it unique is he's currently playing in the league. I think unique is a very generous word to use. <laughs> but it's not illegal. Are we sure it's not illegal? Yes, we are. Because does, do we know for a fact that he does not own any stakes in the Rich Paul agency? 
He what does he get out of this? He 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 doesn't have to own any stakes in the relationship with the agency. His relationships are bigger. They're with the players. He's able to foster them at a really young age. They're going to his skills academy in high school. They're leaving with bags of his gear. They're leaving with his wisdom. They're leaving with his advice. John Wall, Steph Curry, all of those guys played at his camp. It's almost like a Jalen on Twitter trying to diss me. And my mother made the name up. Right. So he al- That didn't happen, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> he, al- he already, to your point, what you said Jordan was able to do in his own way, has been able to foster those relationships that way. And so you think this is a benevolent power and influence play for him? And it just it just and it just happened seamlessly for him. Seamlessly. Yes, indeed. And also look look at it from from this perspective. While in the league, though he's an while in the league and an iconic future Hall of Fame player, he's been able to disable the other Hall of Fame players that were in his conference and make them teammates. Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Carmelo Anthony. Those are either his homeboys or friends that are going into the Hall of Fame that you would have thought since they all played in the same conference for over a decade that they would have actually been playoff rivals. That never took place. And then... He didn't, you, wasn't, wasn't able to do that with Durant and those guys, though. Correct. And, and so you disabled those guys... And you disarm Paul George. They weren't able to get over the hump in Indiana. Derrick Rose, the team got old. He got injured. Well, he almost got Paul George. Correct. And so LeBron, like Floyd Mayweather, especially in the East, he cleared the deck where he doesn't have any rivals. I think some of that was good luck. I think Chicago should have been a rival, right? Derrick Rose doesn't hurt his knee. They're there that whole this whole decade, you know? You don't agree with me? And so the teams that weren't, no. I think like Milwaukee should now be a contender. They should have, if they were built in like a smart way and they're not. But now they have Giannis, who's a top six guy, but they have the wrong guys around him and they're not a contender. Like that's, that's good luck. Yes, indeed. And so while being a young player, the Pistons, he got a chance to play against those squads. They got older. Your Celtics teams, they got older. So now you have this iconic top five all-time player in the Eastern Conference going to the finals almost every year. Think about how they are playing right now. They still might make the finals. Yeah, that's not happening. LeBron James has the lowest player efficiency rating of any player in the NBA the month of January. Of any player in the league. Really? Yes. Here's where I think he got lucky. For, For whatever reason, I have no idea why this is. It might be pure luck. There's just more incompetent franchises in the East, right? Like Sacramento is one of the go-to incompetent franchises we have. But the East has like five Sacramentos. Like Brooklyn (laughs) traded all their first-round picks and then decided they didn't want to pay their team. You know, I don't know how LeBron gets credit for that. Charlotte? um, Orlando? Orlando's been in the lottery for six years now, and they still suck. And then there were teams that... We're tanking like Philadelphia. Philadelphia tanked for four straight years. The Knicks weren't able to get over the, the hump. The Knicks are completely incompetent. I really do think that it's just by law of averages, for whatever reason, the East has more sucky teams because they've had more lottery picks. And it's, the West right now, if you look at the West, Sacramento's a train wreck. The Clippers, 
have train wreck potential, but seem okay. It seems like they got through it. Phoenix is a train wreck, but at least has Devin Booker. Other than that, the, the West is okay. It's they go through, everybody has somebody, and everybody's got something to hang on to. The East yes, is indeed. not like that. And so for LeBron, now at this point of his career, the chess move that was done incorrectly was by the Cavs. You got Kyrie Irving, a la Shaq and Kobe, under contract for two more years, and you got LeBron under contract one year. I know he doesn't want to be there, so guess what he wants to do? Collect millions of dollars to play basketball this year. And so you let them play this year out. I I was on this podcast all summer, and this is before I knew the Celtics had a chance at Kyrie. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, you didn't trade Kyrie? This is crazy. We all watch basketball. And people are writing these stories about, here's why Kyrie isn't a franchise player. It's like, what are you talking about? We just watched three straight playoffs. Of LeBron James giving him the ball the last two minutes to close it out, too. You you know better than anybody. When we get to a certain point and there's like nine guys that matter. And Kyrie's one of the nine. So I don't understand. First of all, they screw up because they shop him. Which I was talking about and you were talking about in June. They're trying to trade him. It came out later. It came out in like December. It's like we knew in January and July they're trying to trade him. Everybody knew he was in like a three-team, four-team thing. And then he found out. And that was it. They screwed it up. And how about your Celtics? Just Danny Ainge just fleecing teams around the league. Well, that that one was just he, lucky. This uh, no, It's not luck when you trade two injured players. <laughs> right. They traded down so that Philly could get faults. Got Tatum, and Fultz is basically now being red-shirted with a broken jump shot. What do you think is going on with that? I am hearing that what happened in his situation is initially he got drafted, number one pick, and a trainer of his, not necessarily a team employee, was adjusting and or working with his jump shot, and now it became what you see now. Have you ever seen anything like this in all years of basketball? I have not. I have not. You have not? No. Bill, he got picked number one. I ain't about to change my jumper. That's the only reason why I got and picked. He, got, he had a nice jumper. Yes. He could shoot threes. He could shoot free throws. He's the double jumper, clutch and shooting bricks right now. The jumper that he has now, if we were playing pickup, you wouldn't want to throw him the ball. He'd be like, don't throw the ball that guy with the hitch in his jumper. Lonzo Ball, look at his shot and be like, man, that's ugly. Yeah, at least Lonzo, it's ugly, but at least it has. it doesn't stop. <laughs> right. Like Charles Swing. I've never seen anything like this. I actually think this is the weirdest NBA story. Um, just pure basketball that has nothing to do with drugs, alcohol, uh, girls. Like, obviously, Gilbert Arenas and Javaris Crittenden, that was a crazy story. We've had a lot of crazy, the Artest Melee, some of the Jailblazer stuff. We've had seedy crazy stories. This is just purely a guy who's the first pick in the draft who now can't shoot a basketball, and he's 19. And I have no idea if he's going to play again, and neither do you. And I love Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Like, these are cornerstone, perennial, all-star, on a path to be Hall of Famer. I give the eye test and say these are franchise players, both on the same roster. And so while we're discussing the process, they have fumbled a couple of them too. We just talked about it. Imagine if they taken Tatum or Mitchell. How about Noel? Noel Okafor, Michael Carter-Williams. They they whiffed on three picks, basically. Noel was in a draft that you and I did that draft 
We actually thought Noel went too late. I, I think he's had bad circumstances too, but when we did that draft, and I, I've told this story before, and you can be the witness for it. The Giannis thing, we thought that was too soon. Remember that? We were Damn. in meetings with him, and it was like he went, I think, 15. Yes. But remember, we were watching those videos, and we were like, what the hell is this? Is that right. a real gym? Are we sure? Look, Are those regulation video? ribs? Yes, indeed. What is that? He was stretching out. We couldn't believe he went 15. Absolutely. So the draft's a crapshoot, basically. And, it's and, ridiculous. No doubt. But then the second part of uh, what got us into this, uh, Danny Ainge, he trades for Kyrie Irving. Right. we got to go back to that. Isaiah Thomas, while he was injured with a hip. And we've seen everyone's like, no, Isaiah's just got to come back. It's like, Isaiah can't move. He he can't jump. And and, and while both um, were productive players, for example, last year, Isaiah, and I have to give props, and you're you're a Celtic diehard, the things that we're saying about the Celtics and Kyrie this year, we were actually saying about them and Isaiah last year. Right. Because the guy that is untouchable in that situation to me is Brad Stevens. I agree. When you're able to develop so many young players, turn over the roster. They turned over four starters this year. Like that's that's just unheard they had of. Like four, basically four guys from last year are still on this team. No question. I just the Kyrie thing. I think has not gotten its proper due for why the hell did you do that? There's been so many situations over the years where a team got to the precipice of trading somebody and just said, you know what, let's wait. Cooler and you saw it with the Spurs, fail. like. Lamarcus Aldridge wanted to get traded last summer. They wrote it out. You know what, Lamarcus? We're going to wait. What I don't understand about what the Cavs did, and I still have not heard a good explanation, is why not run into the season with it? Correct. Why not? You got him you on don't the contract. Have, if your best offer is Isaiah Thomas coming off hip surgery and this Brooklyn pick and Jay Crowder who's overrated, and, and that's the best you can do, just keep him and trade him in December or January. And if he feels awkward about it, sorry, you're making $20 million a year. And that Cavs team coming full circle with LeBron probably will win the East. Or they trade Kyrie now and get a shitload for him. Correct. I just think the offer would have been better now. It would have been. I, that was... I wouldn't have moved him. Like, again, we saw this movie before. I have Shaq, I have Kobe. I'm going with the younger player. Well, what about, what about your Pistons in 07? Good example. They almost got Kobe. Yes, indeed. They had the trade for him. What was it? Rip Hamilton, Chauncey. Well, when you're trying to get Kobe, else? yes. And, and a so, couple draft picks. And, and then what did the Lakers do? Like, wait a minute. Let's slow down a little bit. They, they were ready to do it. And Dr. Buss, the greatest owner of all time, he comes in and he's like, hold on. We're, wait. We're, we're not actually going to trade him, right? And he got on the phone with Kobe and they talked it out. And within two years, they won the title. Boom. And I think... For the Cavs, like not knowing what's going to happen with LeBron. Now, I think I, I am way more pessimistic about them than you are because we've seen teams with the on-off switch. You and I have talked about it a million times. It's so much harder to do the on-off switch when you're just terrible at defense. It's not you can turn on the defense switch when you have always have two to three terrible guys out there on defense. I don't I'm, know how you fix that. I'm rolling with you. The way this team is playing, they won't win the East. They might lose in round one. Correct. It's not a foregone conclusion anymore that, oh, we have LeBron, so therefore they're going to win the East. I'm not one of those people saying that. And he also, he put a lot of miles on himself. Yes. These first couple months. The other thing is they don't practice, really. Which it's like, oh, really? You're bad at defense? You have bad defensive players? You don't practice? What the hell did you think was going to happen? think about what's happened for over half of the season. Other guys that they brought in to possibly be playmakers to take pressure off of him, Isaiah Thomas, Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, they haven't been able to do it. 
And so now that creates another load for LeBron. So he like, I ain't playing defense. Like, <laughs> man, you better. Where's Crowder? Where's Green? Dwayne Wade, handle that. Dwayne Wade's a he's the starter on your on one of my favorite Jalen teams. The help. Hey, get, <laughs> my, get my guy. Get, get, hey, get my guy. <laughs> He's jogging pointing. back. <laughs> a lot of pointing. Zach Lowe has this joke about Hello. how uh, the the when there's not 10 guys on the screen, you know, team's in trouble when you're watching TV. Yes. And there's a lot of like, I only see eight guys on my TV screen. <laughs> and then you see the last two calves yeah. jogging like, back. Like Kareem in his last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's do another episode of Jalen No Stuff. Let's get it. Your coach, Steve Fisher, who you almost won a national title with. Yes, indeed. Two came very close. Second time, really close. As close as possible. Yeah, one time. The closest you could really come. One time. Yeah. You got thumped the first time. You got thumped the first time. But America was behind you. Yes, indeed. He also coached Kawhi Leonard, one of the best five or six players in the league. Five or six? Two or three? Well, he hasn't played all year. I docked him two spots. <laughs> Tough critic. Um, we're hearing he might be unhappy. I have the body language doctor, you know, I'm not going to put my scrubs on, but <laughs> the body language doctor is not like the body language on the bench. Doesn't seem very happy. It's weird that he hasn't come back. Woj, Woj bomb dropped a bomb about yes, that. Indeed. He wasn't happy. Uh, Jalen knows stuff. What do you know? So a couple of things. First and foremost, I would hate to live in a world where Kawhi Leonard isn't playing basketball for the Spurs under Pop. I wish the narrative would be all of the players that continue to talk about their goal is to win championships and to have greatness. You would think that we'd be lining up talking about great free agents to go run with the Spurs. Yeah. Not go run with a current lottery team. That's always been head scratcher to me. So I want to put that out there first. The next, we, we should mention that we once spent eight days in San Antonio and it was about four days too long. Yes, and my ears are still ringing. That's why I say, go, Spurs, go! And people hey, wonder why I be saying because my ears still ringing. Remember, that's the, they swept Memphis that one of those years too. Well, that second year they loved us because we were the only ones saying that we thought they had a chance to beat Miami. And they were, remember how nice they were to us in the yes, stands? Yes. They're not usually nice, but they were nice <laughs> to us that year. So anyway, go ahead. And so... A few things have taken place. You know, first and foremost, times have changed. And so, like, when you got an anchor like a David Robinson or a Tim Duncan get ushered in right after that to become the future franchise player and his level of greatness and all-time, all-NBA caliber um, play now gets to usher in Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, and they were a super team. People don't discuss that, but that's what you guys have been watching the last 20 years in San Antonio, a super right. team. A contender every year for 17 years. It's just that they drafted all of the players, so we took it for granted, yep. and we just overlooked the Spurs because they don't thump their chest. I think we stopped overlooking them five years ago. Correct. I think around 2013, people started properly appreciating Yes, that. indeed. Well, now this is a different era of player. And so I would like to see what... I know that they've been able to sign LaMarcus Aldridge. I know that they've been able to sign Paul Gasol and Rudy Gay at this point of his career. But if you're not able to pair him with, like, the next big free agent, like a Paul George or what's going to happen at the end of this year with LeBron or whatever, if you're him, you're looking around at the team, like, wait a minute, Tony Parker ain't starting no more? How old is my Is it just him or is it Jordan Brand in his ear going, hey, man, that, that team's not going to be relevant anymore. we got to figure out a plan here. Well, what happens as a player, 
is, and by the way, we're not saying that he's going to stand on the table and beat his chest and say, oh, I won out of San Antonio. Um, what we are saying is a storied franchise who has the, the all-time greatest coach um, of this era on the sideline, they now have to do what college teams have to do. They have to recruit. And the other thing they well, have. Well, they had the contracts eventually. Like yes. they, they extended Powell, and, but I think they have some space coming up. But the other thing that made the topic of conversation become one for public consumption where people were writing articles about it, and I even talked about it on first take, was that people feel like his injury may have gotten misdiagnosed. Which, by the way, happens like 50% of the time in the NBA. You know who else's injury got diagnosed? Isaiah Thomas. And they and ended up firing it, that entire training staff. They fired their whole the training fact. staff, and that turned his $120 million contract into probably one year $8 million, and that wasn't great. And so the the level of frustration, that's the lead catalyst. Him not being able to play basketball in a timely fashion based on what he was told by the training staff. Start and stop. You've seen him out there a couple of games. You've seen he him off terrible. for a couple of games. When he came back, I, 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 he didn't look right. Did you think he looked right? He didn't. And that's why I'm happy that Coach Pop and Kawhi and people came out and talked about how their relationship is the same as it's always been. Yeah. But the undercurrent to that conversation also is they're all saying, well, we just hope that he kind of gets healthy. Like, we hope that he's able to get back on the floor because that's kind of a point of contention because at this point of the season, the goal clearly was to have him back out there. So do you think he's a spur 12 months from now? Oh, the unique thing you, about oh, this topic. You didn't, you didn't answer. <laughs> I know that answer. you're up to. I know all your moves. Don't, don't forget. <laughs> you're grappling. <laughs> don't forget. I know every move you have. So here, here's the great thing I like about this. We'll know our answer really fast. You'll know this summer. That's such a lame answer. You're you going to know this summer. Oh, so you think in six months we'll know one way or the you're other. You're going to know. Because okay. regardless of what we're reporting and what saying, we're actually going to get an answer because he has a chance to sign a $219 million contract in a few months. So he has a player option after next season. Boom. Tony Parker comes off the cap. They got Patty Mills at 12 next year. They have Rudy Gay player option at 8. LaMarcus at 22, Gasol at 16. It's going to be hard for them to even sign a big free agent this summer. I don't know. I don't see it. And also, a different era of player. And he looked really comfortable in that commercial with Nipsey Hussle. He was sitting back chilling in Cali. And so, again, (laughs) I'm not chasing. He just made Tate make a face. I'm not buying any any means. And he spent time in San Diego. He knows Southern California is a nice place. And again, I'm not rooting for one of the best players in the league to leave one of the story franchises in the NBA, but it's going to be unique based on what you said about the salaries, but more so what happens with this injury if that decision is going to be made and be made that quick. Kuzma and something else and some picks for Kawhi I think would be one of the two candidates. And obviously the Celtics are involved because they have all those assets. And, and but the, I think if he wanted to push his way to the Lakers, that could pretty easily happen. It's going to be interesting to see. But again, I do not want to live in a world where Kawhi is not a spur plan for Pop. LeBron and Kawhi. That's LeBron crazy. and Kawhi and the Lakers? 
Can you answer the question or no? <laughs> is is Kawhi Spurring twelve months? Twelve months from now. My opinion, and you normally can't get attacked for just having just, an opinion. Just I mean, your I'm guess. a human. I'm this a human. Is a guess. I'm a human being. I this can just guess. have an this opinion. This would be like if I asked you, "Is it gonna? If is I the like sun gonna come fries, out tomorrow? Yeah. Or if I like twice baked potatoes? Is Dave Jacoby gonna have another kid? <laughs> you would be guessing no. Correct. My is Kawhi guess, on the Spurs in a year? My guess is no. Wow. Okay. And our, I hope I'm wrong. All right. You can look at your phone quickly here. Our friends at Squarespace <laughs> make it easy to build beautiful websites, whether you're planning to start a business, change careers, or launch a creative project, much like hashtag Jalen versus everybody. Now that 2018 yes, is rolling. I like that that's you're trying to own that Jalen versus everybody brand. Facts I'm all facts. In. Great one. Thank you. You should absolutely be tackling your next move with Squarespace used by all kinds of people and businesses. They give you the ability to create an online platform to make your latest goals into a reality. You can get a, uh, whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store. It's all included in your Squarespace website. Add and arrange content and features with the click of a mouse. Nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. And Squarespace's award-winning 24-7 customer support will help you no matter how hard or how easy your problem may be. Start a free trial today at squarespace.com. Kawhi Leonard could do this. He could be like Lakers2019.com. Use offer code BS to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com, offer code BS. All right, Tate's my dude over there. He was he was ringer employee number one. Started out, it was just me and him doing the podcast in October, November, December. Eventually, he started hosting a college basketball podcast with Grant Lynn's uh, alumni, Mark Titus. He does an NFL podcast with uh, Mike Lombardi called GM Street. But most important, he hates Duke more than anyone I've ever met. <laughs> you hate Duke. He hates Duke three times as much. He's a Carolina guy. This segment is for Tate. Why doesn't Coach K take more shit for basically outdoing what John Kyle Perry is doing as a one-and-done school? Because Duke is now a one-and-done school, and they're pretending they're not. Optics. For example, initially, Coach K in this era was the first person to own that I'm recruiting your son to be a future NBA player. As somebody that's been recruited, fortunate enough to be a McDonald's All-American, those conversations changed over 20 years from we're going to get him and turn him into a nice quality young He's man. Get a good education. He's get him on campus yeah. and anything you need, we're one call away and we're going to show him what it takes to, you know, be successful in life. He like, "No. Uh-uh. He I'm got his ass kicked for a few years. Yeah. yeah. You want to play in the league? You want to make millions of dollars to play the sport you love? Come come to like Shook say come to Death Row." And on top of that, "Oh, I'm the Olympic coach." Yes. Hey, oh, you Oh, you love LeBron? Hold on, I'm gonna text him. They, that's what I'm saying. Hey, they, you want to Facetime uh, Steph Curry? Hold on. You want to Facetime Drake? Yeah. And so he owned it to the point where he took flack for it, and he embraced it to the point where when players four, five, six at a time would enter the draft, you notice they were all be sitting at the podium giving us that visual. Ah, right. He was owning it. To be honest, and I love Cal, when you look back at all of the great players that he's had, and this is somebody that lost two national championships, but I only played three years. Yeah. I truly would have thought that they'd won more championships 
when he first got the job, if you just look back at the totality, slightly of slightly overrated game coach player yeah. that he was able to recruit, but also just projecting to what they've become in the league. Mm. He owned it. Coach K didn't. He slid in the back door. He was like, I'm only going to recruit the one and done player if they want to come to Duke. Mm. You remember a few years ago when Wisconsin was playing in the Final Four and their mayor or governor came out when they lost the game to Kentucky. The first shot he tried to take was, at least our kids are here to go to school, to go to class. Tate, you remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. Tate's like, we might have to hose down Tate. He's loving this so much. And if you notice, that same year, Duke had a few one-and-dones too. Oh. While Cal still did the optics video picture at the podium of announcing that all of these guys are leaving, Duke never did that. They said the players were leaving, but there was no visual that you could put on the wall as as a portrait. I like that they count Kyrie Irving. He played 11 games there. <laughs> He's there for and, like five months. And, and so as, as as recruiting has transpired, now Coach K being, other than John Wooden, in my opinion, the greatest college coach to do it. Oh, he, sorry, Tate. He, he now says, okay, it's okay for me to do it now. Yeah. I won't get criticized anymore. Yeah. Because Duke was not only a terrific collegiate program, but this is when players were staying three and four years, so they also became legacy all-time great playing college career type players. Bobby Hurley, Christian Leitner, Johnny Dawkins, Grant Hill. But it varied those players that went on to the pros to have success. Here's how, here's how I would compare Coach K. Coach K for years with the one and done was like the person who claims they don't smoke cigarettes. I, I, don't, I never buy them. I don't even own a lighter, but then every time you're out at 12:30 night, they're outside on the sidewalk having a cig with somebody. I thought you didn't smoke. No, I don't smoke. I just now he's give you, now he's a, buying cigarettes. Correct. I'll he's go, buying cigarettes and he has the lighter. Well, it's almost like like to, to your analogy is like the person that claimed to not smoke cigarettes because he's smoking something else. Just, right. But it's not cigarettes. Right. No, I'm so yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I didn't lie. Yeah. Ah. You now know? he's like, now he's going to Seven Eleven, and he's buying cigarettes and matches, and and he's getting a little lottery ticket too, and, and he's, he's te- just owning and it. He's a Team USA coach, and now here's where the optics have changed. He had to realize that this era player, they care more about, in most cases, especially the elite level McDonald's caliber players. Much more about getting to the league and making millions of dollars and being the best player they can be versus getting a college degree. Right. They and they won eight months and I'm out. And so he's now owning that, oh, okay, Kyrie Irving is going to be here for 10 games. And so now when Kyrie Irving goes and becomes an all-star level player, other young players want to follow suit. And so now he's getting All-Americans. They're winning games. They're winning championships. But more importantly, something that wasn't happening as prevalent in the past is now happening. Duke players are really productive consistently in the pros now. So he gets the top three dudes this year, and they're all forwards. Unheard of. He got he got Zion just like... like It was huh? like the person who like, bought a house and then I'm just buys dinner. the house next like, who door. Who on the phone? Yeah. Oh, oh he, he, he ain't coming. <laughs> oh, he, he coming too? All right, cool. Let me get... um extra appetizer you know it's just it, it's it's 
It was gratuitous. And, and also, but but here's what has also, to me, sucked a lot of the life out of the collegiate game. Now what happens is the McDonald's All-Americans, it seems, over the last 10 years, and again, being a part of the Fab Five, I clearly saw this trend happening. It just kind of cooled for a while. Really, all of the top players are going to like four or five schools. You guys basically started that. They're going to Duke, Arizona, Kansas, Kentucky. That's where that's where they're going. Where's North in, Carolina, Carolina fit in? In Carolina. Oh, Carolina. There you go, Tate. Those are the, those are the five schools. I mean, if you look at the last, you know, I don't do any research, but I guess if you look at the last five or ten McDonald's All Americans uh, games and see where a large percentage of those school kids went, that's where they're gone. And so he's able to own it now, and he's killing it on every level. Got Tate. The, the McDonald's players. Got the great college teams winning championships. He in has college, three forwards, and they're I don't going even on know to be where, great how pros. He's gonna play, what offense do you run with three with three six seven forwards? Hey, you bow down. He'll and kiss figure the, it out. Now, Coach K got us bowing down, kissing the rings. Now he got it. He got it all covered, like we said with LeBron. Tate, mm. you can ask Jalen any anti Duke question. What is it? After the first half in '92, when Christian Leitner was playing terrible, how did you feel? Do you guys think you're going to win that game? Because it was. I mean, you guys had him shook early on. We felt like we were going to win because he was shook and we were up by one. Mm -hmm. The difference is a year prior, I was in Southwest Detroit in Anderson Hunt's basement from head to toe in UNLV gear, Mm. crying when they lost to Duke. The same team that came out the second half against us had that experience and then turned it up another level because they Mm. were already championship tested. Do you still talk to any of those guys like Bobby Hurley? You ever hear from any of those people? It's all Bobby Hurley's fault. He's the one that went to Christian Leitner and called him out. <laughs> so here's the thing that happens, and I appreciate this because I, I try to be candid at what I do, is people took the Fab Five documentary literally. Yeah. Like what I was saying in 2010 is well, how that, I Uncle, felt it was in 1992. Right. It was the Uncle Tom thing. Mm. And also, like, what I said about Leitner, what I said about Hurley. That's social media, though. Correct. Grabbing clothes, and then, and then all of a sudden it's... Yes. Yeah. And so, like... So I, now there's more bad blood than ever, is what you're telling us. No, I'm saying just the opposite. Uh. I have zero... Like, Grant Hill's a part owner of the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. There have been a handful of times that I've taken my kids to the game and hit him up for tickets. See him at the game. We stand around and break bread, tell stories. Like that's great. The portrayal of our relationship is not really what it is based on how people felt about the documentary. And I guess that's what made the documentary so popular. Does Grant Hill deserve to be the first Duke Hall of Fame NBA player? Absolutely. Yes. That they, they, no the re- question they, about they it. never had one. So he's going to be the first guy. So for everybody. In the NBA Hall of Fame? Never had a guy in the NBA Hall of Fame. Well, the basketball, it's college and pro. Yeah. Correct. He should be in probably. He, he is going to be in. And also for those of you who get a chance to watch the league now, Grant Hill was an original version of Ben Simmons. Grant Hill and Penny and uh, why am I blanking? Who is the other guy? Oh, Penny Hardaway. Correct. Those guys were guys who make so much more sense now than they did in 1994, 95, 96. Correct. Because they would totally, you could three positions, And the reason size, why I, I compare them to Ben Simmons is there's something distinct about their game. Neither one of them were three-point shooters, yet you can never stop him from getting to the hole. There's a tiny bit of, of Jalen and Ben Simmons. Can never stop him from getting to the hole. A little bit. Do you get? He's you just get a bigger couple chromosomes. and stronger. He's bigger and stronger than you were, but same kind of rebound and go. 
How about with this? the ball? There's not there hasn't been a lot of rebound and go guys. Because there aren't many players that are six, seven or above that get the opportunity to be a primary ball handler in the league. Oh, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna amend that. Rebound and traffic and go. That's yeah, that's a goals. short list. Yes, indeed. Guy who yes, can indeed. go in in an in in a crowd, get it out with the head up, trying to make a play. First pass to There's the fast five break. guys a year like that. Yes, indeed. And so I do believe Grant deserves to be the first player from Duke in the Hall of Fame. I've seen Christian Leitner recently at a um He's final four. Oh, he'd make it more for college than pros. No, nah, he I, he he doesn't uh, over totality for his career. I don't think he's you know Hall of Fame Listen, worthy. I don't know what is it. I think by in twenty years everyone's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Correct. I'm going to probably be introducing you. Yes, absolutely. And so Bobby Hurley was somebody, and Coach Collins. Um, for those that don't know, you know, his son Chris went to Duke. Now yeah. coaches at Northwestern, and so working with Coach and Bill to tell you, like being my 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 Yoda, big brother, father figure. I miss that dude. Absolutely. And so I still obviously reach out to him, and we're really close. His grandson saw the Fab Five documentary, and working with Coach, we would always FaceTime them and look at the pictures of the kids and stuff like that, and they love Bobby Hurley. And once they saw it, they like, why don't Jalen like Bobby? And it kind of freaked them out because they were really into the documentary. So I actually reached out and uh, got got Bobby Hurley's number from Coach Collins and uh, reached out to him and just gave him a oh, shot. So you guys all get along. Do you remember the second year we did Countdown together, you, me, and Coach, we were at the Mandarin Oriental, and we had like a three-hour lunch where we just talked basketball the whole time. And my friend Dan Clores was there, and he was kind of the fourth. And at the end of it, he's like, why isn't that your show? And, and I was like, because we didn't have commercial breaks. <laughs> he was like, I don't understand. You guys should have the greatest show of all time. I was like, uh, hey, we got to rip through some quick questions. Okay, cool. Biggest name to be traded. The, the trade deadline's early this year, February 8th. Kevin Love. Kevin Love. Backup choice? How about you throw a deal in there to, with him for C.J. McCollum, our guy? Kevin Love going to Portland. Hometown kids, switching teams. I think C.J. McCollum needs his own team. Because he's too. one of those, you could run the offense through him, guys, and they already have that, and I think those you should always have your own team in that situation. Do you believe in Toronto? I do. And here's why. Kyle Lowry looks to be in shape, and I like every now and then when he pops up and has a 35, 40-point game. But yet he's still able to defer and not be high-volume shoot shot, taking shots or turnovers, and he looks like he's in better shape. But the thing that think, uh, propels them is that now DeMar DeRozan can make threes. Is DeMar DeRozan the single most underrated star in the league right now? I, I, I'm rolling with that. Because I, I, a, a, I agree with you. A perennial 25-point score. Yeah. That may walk down the street and people wouldn't necessarily know who he is. Right. And the Toronto Raptors, for those that haven't been paying attention, are nipping at the heels of the Celtics in the East, record-wise. I, I've been paying attention. What are the odds? <laughs> a team that relied on young players hit the wall. Like Jason Tatum now. I don't know what I'm getting at tonight. It was bound to happen. Rank these cities. You're traveling for the finals. Okay. Rank these five cities in order of preference. Okay. Because you have to spend time at the finals. Okay. And enjoy the finals. Okay. 
and do all the things you do at the finals. Okay. I'm retired. <laughs> no, food, food just. <laughs> Is there a third? Who's the third best team in the West? I'm blanking. San Antonio. I'm not going to include them. Uh, Houston, Toronto, Golden State, Boston. Houston, Toronto, Golden State, Let's Boston. just say that you and I have done a lot of media over the years where you have um, shared your, your, your love and your affection for Houston and for Toronto. Yes. You, in fact, you're in fact the first person that I learned from NBA players love Houston. Yes, indeed. Love Houston. Yes, indeed. And Daryl Morey told me, I went to a Cooper game with him last week. He <laughs> said, one of the reasons we have revenge games when people play the Rockets is because everybody loves playing in Houston and they're mad when we trade them. Absolutely. So anyway, Golden State, Boston, Houston, Toronto. All right. I would say I loved living in Toronto, but the only reason why I'm going to say number five is working in television, you don't truly get the rating if they make it to the conference finals. And oh, I'm a diva. Man, I like that. I'm a diva as it relates to travel. Mm. And once you now go to the airport, you have to go through customs. And once you land, everybody has to get oh, on the bus. Great. I don't even know who you are anymore. And so it just becomes a a logistical nightmare if it's the Golden State Warriors Against and the Toronto. Toronto Raptors. Four years ago, you would have been like, Tina, <laughs> let's get it on. I would think that that's probably the furthest distance. Of the teams you just met, that's announced. pretty. Mis- that's pretty miserable, especially State. in the two-two-one-one-one. Golden State, Boston is not a picnic. That's a six-hour flight. Yeah, but I do that more frequent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I would only say that because. So your dreams, your dream finals is Houston versus Boston. You might gain ten pounds. Yes, I, I'll be. That's a I, lot I'll of be barbecue. Fat Jalen again. <laughs> fat fat Jalen's coming. Yes, back. indeed, no doubt about it. So I would say Toronto. Five, Cleveland four. Cleveland over Toronto? No, I'll take that back. Come on. <laughs> Cleveland five. Because I've we've how many times have we been there? Too many times. Right? Cleveland five, Toronto four for the reasons I said. Number three, San Antonio. Boston. Number three, Boston. I I didn't include San Antonio out of the oh, selections. Gotcha. Number three, Boston. Number two, Houston. Number one, Golden State. Okay. Your best four coaches right now? My best four coaches right now are Pop, Spolstra, um, Brad Stevens. The fourth spot is the one that's interesting. And this year... I think I agree with you. I know what you're going to say. Dwayne Casey. Yeah. That's what I had to. Finishing last, Jason Kidd. Great minds think alike. I think Dwayne Casey is the fourth best coach in the NBA, and I would not have said that five years ago. Doing He's a done a really job. good job this year. Most dangerous playoff team. The most dangerous playoff Minnesota, team. I'm giving you three oh, choices. Okay. Minnesota, OKC. Minnesota, assuming Butler's healthy. OKC, the Pelicans in New Orleans. Definitely OKC. Okay. Because they have something that the other two teams don't. Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And I've seen him lift that team to the playoffs without other star-level players. Now they have Paul George who can put up 20 in a quarter. Carmelo Anthony that could get hot. One of the most underrated players in the entire NBA is Steven Adams. I always talk about skill bigs, so like a boogie and an AD that could dribble, pass, and shoot. But then there will bigs like Capella and – 
uh, uh, Adams that helped drive a team. This is what Cleveland is missing and are paying Tristan Thompson to do that he's not producing. So Because would, of Rich Paul. I would say <laughs> I would definitely say OKC is going to be a dangerous team. I would say so OKC too, but I think New Orleans is a nightmare in the wrong series for the other team. Correct. They played I've watched them a bunch of times this year, but actually rooting against them when they played the Celtics and when Boogie and Davis are going at the same time, it's it's you're kind of helpless. When Boogie and if Holiday's doing anything, it's like, oh shit! Now what do we do? Boogie's out here working out. If Boogie's out here working out, I'll take you back to the gym. We're gonna get him to unblock you. I, I'm so hurt. I've never been more hurt by anything in my whole life <laughs> than Boogie. Why are NBA players so sensitive now? Because now you're making more money. You have more celebrity. You have more fame. So you like, why are people criticizing me? I'm winning in life. Leave me alone. Social media part of it, like like the likes, dislikes era of like well, my post, well, like think, my thing. How about this? I come from an era where we didn't care about being liked and didn't and definitely didn't want to be followed. Now that's exactly what the goal is to get likes and to be followed. Right. And what ends up happening is people underestimate the fact that our brains are like a computer. There are only so many things that you can take in. So if you're constantly taking in all of the negative energy and the criticism and letting people's mention, let, letting people blow up your mentions get to you, then you do what KD did. You create a burner account <laughs> so that you can now defend yourself, not realizing you would have got a lot further with the 30 million following you on your account versus a burner account that only have 400 people following it. Don't you think these guys have too much time on their hands now because they can't go anywhere? I think they're in hotel suites and or in their house with their three buddies and I don't I don't think they have normal lives and I think it drives them crazy. No, you underestimate that. Guys are still out. I know they're out, but I'm saying like during the day, like No. I'm under all right? Yes. Okay. Guys still love to eat, drink, and be merry. You see what just happened with Montrez Harold. You saw that? <clears throat> From today? So he plays for the Clippers. No, I'm I'm aware of that. Not a derogatory term because it's used is is not gender specific. Okay. It's used for men and women. Yeah. The term is called import. Yeah. That's what he did. A young lady from he flew in a Phoenix yeah. to LA. He um kind of violated a couple of the rules, which I think got him caught up because the reason why that term exists is because you're dealing with somebody you really don't know and you definitely don't trust. So therefore, you're definitely not bringing them to your house. You have to meet you on the road in a hotel or something like that, where if they're taking a picture or something, it's not your personal things. That's the only thing he did wrong. But obviously, he was clearly a gentleman because she so had an happened? amazing time. She was documenting the whole thing. Here, uh. She took a picture. Here's my bag. Off to L.A. Here's my plane ticket. Oh, Here's no. where I'm on the airplane. Oh, Here's boy. me in the bathroom. Here's me on the bed. Uh, Here's no. his house. Oh, man, he has a nice house. Lucky me. Smiley face. And so she's documenting the entire trip. And he clearly finds out this on Instagram. And so he comes out and says, this is why he's going to remain single. When actually, it should be the opposite. This is why you should get into a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so you can deal with somebody you trust. So since we stopped working together... You're now in a relationship with Molly, who's on TV every day on first take, and then you go and do TV with her. 
Yes, indeed. I could never do TV with my wife. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. Well, the unique thing is we met at ESPN. I know. You know initially. You know for a while. And so it's not hard because we're talking about sports. And in a relationship, it's fine to disagree about sports. It's not like we're up there arguing our political views or it's personal. Mm. And she's highly professional and really good at her job. And I'm unprepared and don't and not and not professional at all. Yeah. So I don't get in her way. It's like she allows me to come on her show and I better behave. And debating with Stephen A and debating with Max, for, as you know, is something you got to be ready. You got to be ready, but it was something I was not invited to be on that show for a really long time. I remember as, why. As somebody that was a part of the show when it was cold pizza. Yeah. As somebody that's known Stephen A long enough to, I appeared on his show when he had a, a his own television show in probably 2007. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. And so once I went on, and no shots because me and Skip are cool, but once we had our debate, and it, wasn't it went a down debate. the way. That's like saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's like saying Tyson Spinks was a was a, was a fight. <laughs> and so w- once we had our exchange, out of respect because it was uh, obviously it went viral. I just didn't get invited to go on the show for another handful of years. And he didn't want you to be on the show. <laughs> that that so, was us of that. So I'm happy to just be invited back on the show also. Yeah. So it's almost twofold. I get a chance to be on a popular show, but lucky enough to be on with my better half. You get to stay at the Bristol Ramada Inn. <laughs> What's the hotel back, there? Back, back then, we're we're East Coasting now. Oh, I'm not going to give the location yeah, yeah, to yeah. where Molly and I are living and residing. But yes, we're fully East Coast. How Coasting. tall is she? She's five seven and a half. Interesting. You said you would never go below 5'10". You must really like this person. <laughs> so you were always thinking about if you had more kids, you wanted height. Oh, so you so you said 5'10 uh, the, was the you, minimum. You're thinking about the LeVar Ball theory, huh? Yeah. When he came out and said he was breeding. Look, but, uh, what do you mean the LeVar Ball theory? You talked about this. You, you want to have a boy. You want to have a boy with size. Let, let, You've been very clear about what, this. What, what the beautiful thing is love trumps all. You 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 land where where you're lucky, and I'm fortunate that I'll I'll kick my coverage. The greatest thing that's ever happened with you is that there are so many Jalen's now. It is so freaking funny to me. I would say it's like one of the twelve most common sports names now. They're all over the place. There's Jalen's. You have Jalen versus everybody, but it's really Jalen's are everywhere. <laughs> Should have been like the title. <laughs> and, and here's the funny thing: when when people get mad about it. They like, he can't be the first one. No way. Like, no. Like my mother made the name up. My biological father name is James. My uncle There's Leonard, a whole story. Her brother took her to the hospital to give birth. When I became a member of the Fab Five, it was one of the most popular names in the lexicon. I re- I remember it was one of the first quirky sports names where like Jalen how do you spell that? Like it was one of those. And now there's a million quirky sports names, but it's really not that quirky. And, and the unique thing about it is other, and, and, and I'm about to go cultural for a minute. It's like other quote unquote names that are predominantly used by black kids like Shaq and Denzel. Yeah. And those are two of the greatest at all time at what they do. 
I'm clearly not that in my profession. But how about this? It's a name that's now universal. It's used by girls. It's used by multiple races and ethnicities and backgrounds. Spelled differently. Multiple spellings. And when I'm watching the Alabama team play, boom, quarterback named Jalen. Boston Celtics, you know, forward named Jalen. I'm working a draft. I'm watching uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Philadelphia Eagles. So now the name has continued who's to your, Who's your favorite Jalen right now? Do you have a number yeah, one Jalen? That's like me asking you who your favorite kids. I'm not going to do that. Not would, that they're my kids, but I'm gonna, you're I represent not, all Jalens equally. I'm going to answer for you because I know you have a favorite Jalen. He's everything you want. Jalen Ramsey, I think, is your favorite Jalen. He brings all the stuff to the Jalen table that if you had played quarterback, cornerback, you would have been Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, he's really brash. He's like your spiritual successor. But Jalen Mills is also, he's he rocking around with green oh, love, hair right now. I love now. how you want to give love to all the Jalens. Yeah, no question about it. It's a kinship. You know what's interesting? You mentioned how there's no Denzels. It's the one kind of off-limits name. He's no, too famous. You it's can't follow like, Denzel. Yes. Be like, here's my son Denzel. People are like, you can't name your kid that. <laughs> right? They're almost. He's almost. I, we'll too never famous. say Denzel. He's, correct. He's too successful. You can't do it, right? Yes. That's well said. It would be like naming. Yeah, that that's got to be one of the. It's like it's like if your last name is Jordan and you name your kid Michael. Mm. Yeah, you're not going to do that. That's why um, the actor who's a friend of mine, he's like, call me Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> you know, I need my middle initial. Out he's here a friend in of streets. this podcast. That's my guy. He's a good dude. Um, and he's he he likes the, the whole Detroit scene too. No doubt about it. I got love for him. I think we'll save some stuff. You have to come back at some yeah, point. Yeah, next so we'll, week. We'll, or we'll the week save after. some content. Yes, indeed. Plug some stuff. Oh, t- t- give me like, let's talk about Jacoby for like a minute. Yes. David Jacoby, our brother's doing terrific. I'm actually going to see Joey and the kids today. Q and Margo, they're doing great. You guys have been doing stuff now for, this is like six years now. And Chloe, absolutely. And again, we have a humble way of continuing to try to keep your legacy alive because again you're the springboard to what we do and harlan is still with the team and so we you're making jacoby move though yes jacoby he's leaving me still be do his executive thing and kind of like you had him doing with grant land and i'm not here to talk about his job description but he does some other stuff he does podcasts and some other suit stuff so you're making it sound like he sells weed well <laughs> I, I, no i just know sometimes i see him and he has on a shirt and tie but he's never had it on on our program but we do it every day so i'm like where are you coming from <laughs> so um yes he said that you know since get up starts april 2nd he t- kind of wait till his kids get out of school and things of that nature, in particular Q. So I guess he and the wife are talking about moving to the East Coast, like May or June. Obviously, that's not C minute, but uh, and you have this new big awesome building that's opening up in South one Seaport. One of ESPN's few very smart decisions. This is an amazing it decision. Sounds pretty cool by ESPN because think about it as a network, you can wake up and you have Monday through Friday programming happening with Levitard and the crew in Florida and the other shows they do out of there. Obviously, at LA Live, the shows that are happening out of the Bristol um, but Mothership, get, and then now out of South Seaport. So much easier to get guests. Most celebrities are going to be like, I'll do it if it's in New York or LA. Yes, indeed. But you know what they're not saying? I'd love to take a 98-minute drive to Bristol. Correct. That sounds great. And, and, that, and that's no different from having a charity event. Like when I'm trying to invite somebody to come support that's a celebrity 
uh, an event with JRLA is one thing if they live in the town. It's another thing if they have to get on a plane yeah. to actually come to the town. So um, I'm excited about the move. Jacoby's excited about the move. We're really excited that now that I've been on your fine program that we welcome you with open arms, red carpet treatment to please come back I'd to the, the Jalen and Jacoby program so we could pour out of 40 ounce of old you English. Pour it on my head. And we could do a program together. That'd be too much At fun. At the studio that Bill built. Well, this New York one. So what happens to LA? The Grantland studio dies? We they, have to do one then before, before we kill the there studio. You That's go. what needs to happen. There you go. We need to do one. Absolutely. All right. Wow. Done was, deal. This was great. I love you, my brother. I love this you has too, been brother. awesome. I can't um, wait to come back on. Thanks for coming on. Thanks to ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to Casper. Start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper. Ironically, Jalen would do the Casper when you go out with him. Yeah. I'm going to the bathroom. Where's Jalen? He's gone. I heard. He's history. And, 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 and not to speak out of school, but I, I, somebody taught me the term Irish exit. Yeah. Irish goodbye. Yes. That's a Kevin Wilde staple. Get $50 <laughs> towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash BS and using BS at checkout. That's casper.com slash BS. Offer code BS for $50 off your mattress purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Shout out to Amina. Shout out to Lisa. No doubt. Shout out to Ty. Yeah. Yes, it's Fly Ty, b -low. Shout out to b -low. No doubt about shout it. Shout out to Jacoby. Connor, uh, shout Shell, out to Kevin Wilds. Kevin Wilds. Shout out to Connor. No doubt. Michelle, Beetle, Rachel Nichols, our peeps. Yeah. Um, thanks for doing this. this yes, indeed. Zach Lowe. We got to get him a hoodie. <laughs> get low. Get low. Get low.